The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here on Analyze This, and I want to thank um, Ms. Nicole Parsons, Mr. Uh, Victor Provost, and... Um, Professor Carlton Holmes for joining us. Our number one, the Alex Hap Trio can be performing this weekend at uh, the Prior Holic uh, Prior Yolik Hall this Saturday um, over at Antilles School. Um, make sure if you're on that side of the pond uh, to see if you can work your way in it. Um, lineup of events from five kids concert, six p.m. The courtyard will open up seven to eight live music uh, provided by the U.S. The UVI uh, Steel Pan Ensemble under the direction of Mr. Leroy Simmons and, of course, the main act, um, the Alex Up Trio at 8 p.m. And by the way, um, Ms. Parsons, if you're still listening, I want to apologize. Uncle Eddie Bruce um, had sent regards and wanted to tell you and everybody hello and Victor Provost as well. I wanted to know if um, uh, it can be streaming. Um, so um, if you could reach out to us um, and let us know. Uh, via text message or something like that. We'd appreciate that. Now, um, Oral Histories Preservation Workshop at Chant uh, this Saturday um, at uh, 11 a.m. The one and only David Borg um, is joining us here uh, on uh, via Zoom along with, I believe, Ms. Juliana Berry. Uh, good morning uh, to both of you. How are you? I guess we did um, unmute. Uh, David, David Bog, morning. I hear nothing. Miss Juliana Berry, you there? No, no, that's causing that. But anyway, um, Chant is hosting an oral histories preservation workshop with audio and visual recording available along with photo documentation of personal items, also featuring the first event for Before the Fireborne Project, a digital display of archival images will be presented and elders are asked to help identify uh, people and places. Okay? So chant once again, please cure crucial heritage and nature uh, tourism. Uh, um, that's, that's, I believe, the acronym... Uh, for chat, uh, let me see if um, we got um, Mr. Borg and uh, uh, and song David Borg. Good morning once again. For some reason, we walk into to make that that work. Um, a little bit about uh, Mr. Borg. Um, he's uh, as an artist. Uh, I found my voice through photography. I've spent the last fourteen years capturing stories of my island and its people. In my photographic exploration, I've also found a passion for archival work, specifically the photographic archives since 2018. I have worked with numerous organizations, including the Royal Danish Library, Aarhus University, Royal Danish College of Fine Arts, and Crucian Heritage and Nature Tourism Chant. My internship with the Royal Danish Library focused on recategorizing the pho photographic collection of the Danish West Indies, sorting metadata 
uh, identifying mislabeled images and using my knowledge of the Virgin Islands to identify locations. It was in doing this work that I realized just how important these photographic records are to the Virgin Islands and her people. In my most recent research, I've explored a collection of stereographs in the Schomburg Library. Stereographs were a popular form of photographic documentation used from the 1850s to the early 1920s. To create a stereograph, two images are printed on a 5x7-inch card, and when used with a stereoscope, provide the viewer with three-dimensional image. Stereographs were mar marketed as, quote, a means to travel from the comforts of home, close quote. Viewing these images in, third, in 3D was a life-altering experience. Seeing these photographs of our buildings, landscapes, and our people was an opportunity that can't be missed. I want Virgin Islanders to share in this same experience, viewing their home through a different lens. And he's received an annual 2023 VICA grant for my project, The Virgin Islands Before the fire bun. We got a link there? Not yet. We're still working on it. I'm looking at uh, uh, some of the images here. These are lovely images. You know, so I'm looking forward to talking with David. I see one here of what I believe is a St. Thomas Harbor. Yeah, this is St. Thomas Harbor. No doubt about it. You could tell from the from the backdrop. Um, with the hillside them and the mountains and the uh, shop behind Charlotte Amali. Uh, that's definitely uh, St. Thomas. Got some nice living room shots here as well. Um, shots of homes and all that stuff. So, dining room areas, uh, streets, uh, going up hills and all that stuff. This definitely look like St. Thomas. Downtown St. Thomas and all that stuff. So, want to get Mr. David Bog uh, on the line. Um, I believe we're going, we might be going the, the telephone route. Uh, in the meanwhile, but um, these are some nice images. I want to thank uh, Zoe Zimet and uh, Marisol Garcia for hooking me up here. And uh, we're trying our best to get that Zoom link. In effect, because it worked perfectly uh, in hour number one, and we want to make that um, make it work just as perfectly for hour number two. Uh, Dwayne Henry sent me a text message. He said, you're listening to analyze this and how you deaf. Of course, you know how it is. You know how we're doing it. You know what I'm saying? So um, we, we're looking forward to that. Um, we got him um, by phone. So um, we're going to phone route. Uh, good morning, David Borg and Ms. Juliana Berry. Welcome to good analyze morning, this. Good morning. A little technical issues, but we're here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Good morning. How's everybody? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, good. Saturday morning, Saturday morning, December 3rd, preserving yeah. oral histories. Yes. Yeah. So the workshop will be Saturday, December 3rd at 11. Mm -hmm. um, preserving oral histories workshop. We started this year uh, working in conjunction with BMC uh, Art, Caribbean Museum Center. Um, and we've been funded by the Community Foundation of the Virgin Islands and National Endowment for Humanities. So it's been an ongoing project collecting um, elder stories so that we can create a digital archive of those records. So this weekend we'll be hosting our first... Oh, it's event for the fire burn and the elder stories. So... Wait, 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 w
as a Christian. How do you pronounce that word? The what? No, no, no. I, I had to stop David. David, David pronounced that word. He said fire burn. No, no, yes, no, no, that's no. the name of the project that I'm working on. That's going to be combining with. No, 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 David. David, pronounce oh, the word fire. like pronounce the word like you know the word when you're growing up. Oh yeah, fire. Sorry. Fire burn. What about fire? Fire burn? No, sir. Fire burn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. No, no, that's a good correction. Thank you. You're right. No, it is. It is firebird, but you know how it is. You know what I mean? Uh, it, yes, this, this is local programming, so don't be afraid to talk in our local vernacular, if you know what I mean. Okay. That's true. I was switching in now with these different events. <laughs> good. So, um, I was reading a little bit about your biography, um, David, and you've been on the show before. Um, talk, yeah. For those who may be hearing you, uh, listening for the first time, um, reintroduce yourself to the audience. Yes, uh, my name is David Berg. Um, I grew up in the Virgin Islands. I was born in Puerto Rico. I'm known mostly as a photographer, and I focus on cultural heritage photography, like the carnival parade. I've also started, um, I've been doing underwater photos for about a decade now, and a lot of those photos I also try to bring in cultural heritage and history, like I've done a series about the Middle Passage. That series led me to a trip to Denmark, where then I was able to get involved in the Danish West Indies archives. So the archives that are associated with the Virgin Islands after during the Danish occupation. And I started working originally to help to correct the metadata. So basically making it easier for Virgin Islanders to search the archives. And now the project has grown into seeking out new photographs of the Virgin Islands and also a big push to bring them to be showcased here in the Virgin Islands. So a lot of them are online for free. A lot of people might not have access to that. So for, for next year being 175 anniversary of emancipation, we want to do a big, a big push of um, bringing our history home. And so this is what the Before the Fireburn project is. But while I'm also working with Chant and the Caribbean Museum with the Elder Story Project, I figured we could bring in the elders to see the photographs and have them share their knowledge of what they see in the images from locations to people. And I feel that's like a, a, a chance that we can't, we have to take advantage of. So I'm here helping to combine these two projects into one to help share our elders' stories and knowledge. That's awesome. Ms. Barry, tell us about yourself a little bit, please. Hi, morning. So, my name is Juliana Barry. I'm born and raised on St. Croix. I'm a ninth generation Crucian. Um I currently work with Chant as their art program director. I've been with Chant since 2017, close to Maria. I am in charge of our annual summer program, which is geared towards uh, youth art and um, promoting cultural heritage. And we do a lot of things with Chant. I'm sure you've heard of us and our director, friend El Gerard. And I am a photographer by, I would say, study. That's what I studied in college. Photography is my passion. And integrating cultural arts and um, photography has been a really great adventure that I have been able to kind of tag along with David with. Um, this year, we actually were sponsored by the Aarhus University in Denmark um, to go to New York to view the stereograph collection at the Schomburg. So it's been kind of like a rolling... It's been a crazy adventure. Yeah. So 
we we were given the opportunity to with the University of Aarhus to visit the Schumburg Center, and actually we realized there was a large collection of Verschelm's photographs there that are actually not in Denmark or, for what I know at the moment, not in the Virgin Islands either. So it's something that was extremely special because it was first time for other Virgin Islands historians have seen the photos in the Schumburg Center. But for someone like me that's been stuck in the Danish West Indies archives, to see something different of the Virgin Islands was an amazing opportunity. And can't wait to share them this weekend with the elders in the community. Where in the Virgin Islands you grew up, Miss Berry? St. Croix? Yeah, I grew up in St. Croix. And where you went to college? Where you went to college? Uh, I went to UVI for a few years, and then I went to Northern Virginia Community College in Virginia. Okay, okay, okay. What was that like? Uh, living in Virginia or UVI? Yeah, living in Virginia. No, no I, I know about living in St. Croix. <laughs> it was interesting. I think, you know, I moved from St. Croix to Georgia, and that was a culture shock. I'm sure many people who live in the South understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, D.C. was a little bit more fast-paced, and there was a lot of, I would say, historical context that I had access to as an artist. So that was that was interesting. You know, museums and a lot of art galleries. And so that was nice exposure. Um, but I think being away from home really makes you understand how important St. Croix is and how important coming home is and giving back to our community. So I think a lot of young people are chased away to seek education off-island, but it's extremely important for us to come back because... Now, uh, now you say important. What, what about um, how valuable... Um, St. Croix is as it relates to, you know, our 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 towns and 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 the buildings that that were built during the uh, the, the Danish um, times and how how they stand up during the hurricanes, like the churches and all that stuff. It's a it's a it's an well, awesome I, it's an awesome reality when you look at it. It is, but I think that's a representation of our ancestral strength mm-hmm. because our ancestors built these buildings and i think people have this perception that it's it's danish architecture but you know our african ancestors are the ones who brought this knowledge with them and they're the ones who put their hands in this stone to to build these towns and the fact that they're still here is a representation of their strength and their presence in the community and i think it's really important for us to identify how significant these areas are. I'm not sure if you've heard um, of Frigut in Frederickstead, and there's also Frigut in Christiansted, but we've identified uh, properties in the Frigut on Hospital Street that have been owned by free blacks since 1771. So that significant is, I think, something that people need to resonate with. And preserving those buildings and maintaining the black ownership on those streets is important. So I think that um, we as Crusians, we as Virgin Islanders really need to understand that importance. And I don't want to say block people from coming in and taking our history, but, you know, we are the shepherds of that. And it is our duty to preserve that and make sure that we can restore these buildings and we can keep them in our history well, and for the future generations. Well, Well, since we're talking history and we're talking um, construction and building and all that stuff, I, I, I learned, you know, on the surface, not in detail, about um, Elizabethan and Victorian, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the era there where uh, a number of different things, a number of different entities were constructed and all that stuff. David, in, um, I'm here. When, when you when you when you um, go out and check out these 
these structures, these buildings, and you, you're taking pictures. What jumps out at you with 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 um with how what Miss Berry just spoke about in terms of um you know the work that was put in to get them to these amazing heights and how they they they've withstood so much of the elements for centuries. It's truly like amazing feat for me to see them as <laughs> I, I, it's funny that you bring that up. I recently um, had a house fire and within my, and I have a plantation home and I actually um, just drove by it this morning. And even though it had an intense fire and everything that was wood or metal is now gone, all the buildings still standing up strong. So I have a personal connection to the idea of these buildings strength and beauty so, so as, I don't think you knew about that one but yeah no sorry so, to hear that you kind of yeah, put me it's, to it's the irony of me working on a, a project that I personally named before the fire burn and have a house burned down and also as we're talking about the amazing construction it is truly something to admire and yeah how do we how do we um incorporate this to a greater degree with, with our young people as it relates uh, to our history. Um, you know, that, that to me is something we kind of take for granted. I know we're going to a break now, so I want you to, to think about that um, uh, over the break because uh, as a history major myself and someone who, you know, is, you know, embracing a greater appreciation for art, you know, as I get up there, um, I think it's important that, you know, we just don't talk about art. You know, we we got to let them know that art history um, is is equally as important. And a lot of our people, I know, I know Ms. Berry sounded passionate uh, just now talking about our ancestors playing a, the, the primary, secondary, and other roles um, in getting these buildings to, to be where they're at. So just think about that for a little bit. Um, we got um, Ms. Uh, Juliana Berry and Mr. David Borg joining us, chat. Um, got uh, a workshop, Elders Workshop, Preserving Oral Histories, um, this Saturday, December 3rd at uh, 11 a.m. Um, we'll take a break and we'll be back right after this to get some more details about the event through the Caribbean Museum Center for the Arts. mean to be a dad. The art of fatherhood is evolving as society and traditional family changes. With these positive parenting tips, dads can help their children build confidence and self-esteem and in turn, learn how to be an engaged, supportive, and loving father to their children. Here are some parenting tips for dads. Be your child's teacher. Be a good father. Teach your children about right and wrong and encourage them to do their best. See that your children make good choices. Involved fathers use everyday examples to help children learn the basic lessons of life. For more information, contact the VI Access and Visitation Program, Department of Justice, Paternity and Child Support Division in St. Thomas at 340-775-3070 
or in St. Croix at 340-778-5958 or email us at biaccess at bi.gov. Happy Thanksgiving in memory of Gordon Grant. The mission of Public Radio is to create a more informed community, to build a deeper understanding and appreciation of ideas, events, and cultures. But none of that is possible without human connection. When you donate to WTJX FM, you are directly supporting the shows you love and all the work behind the scenes that keeps us up and running. Give today at WTJX.org forward slash donate or by calling 844-737-9842. During a busy day, it can be hard to make room for even one more thing. So it's a real plus that All Things Considered from NPR News is great for multitaskers. You can confidently add being well-informed to your to-do list and know that you will get it done. Whether you're cleaning out your junk drawer on a quick drive or something else, listen to All Things Considered every weekday afternoon. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here to analyze this. Um, David Burke and Ms. Juliana Berry uh, joining us. Uh, so we're talking about the importance of uh, history. Um, and you know, it isn't just about art and, and all that stuff. It's about getting them to appreciate you know, where, where our ancestors and forefathers and foremothers were and um, our role in preserving that, um, Ms. Berry. Yeah, but, um, you know, the Preserving Elders, like, workshop is the idea is, you know, you need to to hold on to these stories. They need to be recorded and they need to be saved for future generations. I think a lot of our storytelling tradition has kind of died down and a lot of young people aren't really being connected to the elders in that way. And we want to make sure that this information and these people and you know, their stories of their life and their connection to their, you know, their history and to St. Croix or Frederickstead or Christiansted or wherever they grew up, that that is documented and that we can always go back and listen to those stories. And next generation and the following generation will have access to that. As we move into the digital era, we need to make sure that that history is preserved. You know, and I think, with you know, you talk about education and that's where it starts. It starts with our young people and exposing them to the arts and to um, into the history, into our culture. And, you know, we at Chant, we take that really seriously. Um, and speaking about, like, in terms of something you mentioned before about looking into the photographs, and, like, I, I grew up in the version, I grew up in St. Croix, I grew up on the West End, and some of like when we look through the archival images, we're able to figure out some of the locations just by staircase that are still left. So the uniqueness of design, like, and so we've been able to use that to find which location, like what street this photograph's on, just based on something that now is barely there, but the remnants of it is able to us to connect it to our history and the photographs. And we're someone that we don't have the experience that someone like an elder in our community might look at that photograph and remember exactly what that whole building was because they went there as a child. And so one of the reasons that we're trying to connect these two projects is because the information and knowledge that they could share with us like by bringing up these images is something that is 
too important to like for us not let go to let go. And when we do showcase these images in July, when we're actually going to be showcasing our archival images that we've been researching and working on, we're going to put the information that the elders shared with us with the photographs. So the information is already going to be start being shared. Besides us recording it and documenting it, we're also going to be sharing it with the community. That's that's awesome. Talk about chant um, some more, uh, Miss Barry, and how um, you know I know chant uh, gotta be at least I know I know it from at least two thousand four, and I'm sure they've been in effect yeah. prior to that. So talk a little bit about that, if you will. Um, well, you know, chant I think started out we were known as you know Cruisin Heritage and Nature Tourism. So the idea of doing cultural and heritage tours has always been at the forefront. But I think. Um, as with most nonprofits in St. Croix, taking up the mantle in certain aspects of um, education and um, cultural heritage preservation has been, you know, at the forefront of kind of our, say, new direction. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a number of different programs that um, over the years we've been sponsored by, um, you know, Community Foundation of the Virgin Islands, the St. Croix Foundation, um, Virgin Islands Council on the Arts. Uh, we also receive um, you know, NEH grants, National Endowment of the Arts grants, and that has facilitated the opportunity for us to have a building arts institute uh, where we hire and train local youth um, in the building arts. So you can talk about construction. They start with basic woodworking skills. Uh, when we, after the hurricane, we found a new location and, um, you know, our young people spent the first couple months after the storm doing, uh, you know, volunteer work and, you know, distributing food. And we received stuff off, you know, the cruise ship that was being decommissioned that we passed out to, you know, churches and uh, that kind of thing. And then they came into the space and learned how to build shutters and they learned how to, you know, do wood art crafts and that the building arts is such a significant program. So we've had upwards of, I think, 25, you know, young men and a few women actually come through the program um, and all have transitioned into either full-time employment or even they're working for themselves using the skills that, you know, we've been able to share. And um, so that's one aspect of CHANT is building arts program. We also do an annual summer program, generally called the Free Gut Summer Program. Um, And that's geared towards, you know, it's a free, a four to six week um, arts-based programming where we integrate community activism and organizing into uh, and using art as an instrument um, for young people to kind of find their voice and explore different artistic mediums. We've had calabash carving, you know, seed identification um, and bead making and printmaking and photography. David did a uh, photographic like walking tour with the youth this summer. Um, we also had um, a number of community organizers, uh, actually a Saintomian who's out of New York, who's been a community you know, organizer for the last 20 years, come and you know, teach our young people how they can activate their voice. And I think that's really significant. So pairing you know, activism with art, uh, we've also have the Free Gut program. So identifying the properties in Free Gut and Fredericksted and focusing on restoring those properties and maintaining their ownership. You know, there's some, there's one house on Hospital Street that's been in the same family for over 100 years. And so 
recognizing the importance of that history and trying to rehabilitate that area has also been another focus of, of chance, you know, along with other environmental things that we've been part of. So, And it was, uh, everything they also just listed, if it wasn't for chance, I wouldn't have the progress in the archive programs and projects I've done. Um, Frendel and Juliana were probably were the first groups to invest in me and my time to go to Denmark and help me be able to access the archives and the connections I made with individuals. And then we actually hosted our archival program one summer with some of the Danish researchers and with children. And it was actually probably the precursor to this program that we're trying to do now. So Chan has been involved in my progress and success throughout well, since the beginning. So have to be very grateful for that. Um, and the relationship with the Caribbean Museum Center for the Arts, talk a little bit about that. So, yes, yeah, so we uh, are partnered with the uh, CMC Arts specifically for this Preserving Oral Histories workshop, um, and that was funded by CFBI and NEH. Um, so we're working in hand with them um, to capture these stories. Um, so that was a grant that we did together. Um, but we've always had, you know, a working relationship. I think it's really important for other organizations, specifically in Fredericksburg, to kind of work together. You know, this year we were also sponsored um, by the Sprint to Excellence grant, and we worked with Africa House. I'm not sure if you've heard of them in Fredericksburg. Um, they're the, I call them the hidden gem, and they focus on re-education um, with, like, a pan-African undertone, teaching Caribbean and African history, and, you know, amazing program. I don't know if you know Uta from Shorts over at um, Yuka, and she's run that program for many years. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of King Street right next to the bakery. There's a little courtyard back there uh, where young people can get tutoring and where you can, you know, groups can go for workshops and things like that. So we're lucky enough to um, be able to help them facilitate in their programming this year as well with that's for excellence grant. So. I also am now working with the Caribbean Museum as I also work with Chant. So I'm in charge of the Artist Advisory Board at the Caribbean Museum where we reach out to help out young artists or artists in general in the Virgin Islands if they need access to certain things they might not be able to find or if they just need some review or mentorship. And I also are helping them to create an archives with all the amazing events that the Caribbean Museum has led on throughout the years and so I'm kind of the middleman in between for this particular project the Elder Stories as we're both trying to both organizations are really see the importance of this project so I feel honored to be able to work for both of them I know you you, you talk about your, your relationship as we just say in the Virgin Islands with the Dean man them right um, yeah. the the they're making the resources available for, for, for you and other folks who are interested in, in you know, reviving and, and educating our people as it relates to our history? They're in, in their way, yes. Um, it might not seem as the progress as we would, as fast as we would hope or it, and also maybe the fact that there's not as many Virgin Islanders involved in the actual scanning progress or putting things online they are definitely and to this day they're just send me one one particular museum just sent me a link to new paintings that they're scanning that are from the virgin islands and they are sharing with it but the website 
um, are honestly not the most user-friendly for individuals to search. If you don't have a basic in Danish or <laughs> have the know where to find the translate button. Um, and so that's actually something with this project, the Before the Fireburn project, that I'm personally going to be doing later on is I'm going to be hosting workshops directly to help Virgin Islanders access these, access these websites. And um, so there's multiple different online sites that you could access either um, document photograph, I mean, documents in the archives or photographs in the archives. And so I want to be able to help Virgin Islanders to see these files and research. But in terms of like the kind of research that we are doing right now, for example, I have access to the newspaper database. And because of that, I've been able to, for example, one of the beliefs by Danish researchers, not by all, but by some, there's not, there was not many photographs taken before 1878. So taken before the fire burn of Virgin Islands or that they don't exist yet or that they don't exist anymore or there wasn't many photographers but because of my research into the newspaper database that goes back all the way to the early early 1800s i've been able to find advertisements of photographers coming from new york coming from all over the united states and they would advertise that they were coming to st croix to take um to take photographs of the islands and if you want to hire them for portraits and i have advertisement that goes back from all the way 1845 and so, yes, they, they do allow us access, but it's just it's not as easy as it would hope, but to answer that question. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, what do you call it, like political red tape. We have a lot of, um, we have, have a lot of connections with people who I think are more forward-thinking, you know, in Denmark, um, but they work for an institution. Like any institution, they have regulations, so... Uh, it's working around that red tape and them trying to facilitate in funding. I think, I'm going to say this out loud, but I think a lot of, like, the Danish um, establishments, they want to see their direct, um, I don't know, return on investment. So how is it benefiting Denmark? Um, whereas, no, but you know, they, they, they got a big Queen, Queen Mary mural over there in Copenhagen? Oh, oh yes, they do. <laughs> one, more, one more return they want. Okay. Because you know, you know, you know, there's there's a part of all of us that we're looking for reparations still, or not me? Oh, I, you know, I strongly believe that there's this um, complete disconnect with uh, their continued uh, wealth and advancement, and based on our ancestors' sacrifice. So, you know, free education, free healthcare, all of that wonderful. Um, we call it opportunity and privileges because you know. And our ancestors for 250 years, um, and so it would be nice to have some reparation. But I don't know that that's a conversation that's you know. No, but we we, we we definitely go keep them honest, though. Don't believe that you know oh, yeah. we, we still be you know, we okay with 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 what has transpired and and their you know in their you know, of what they did to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, no. and and we're coming up on 175 years in, in another, I believe, next year. Right yes, next year. Next year's 175 oh, yeah. years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we want we want them to think that. You know, I mean, everything is hunky dory. We living like that. Well, gotcha. that no, no, no. I think I think that's for me. The fight to keep our history, to gain it back, and is part for me. Our, our I wouldn't say reparations, but something that we're owed. 
like even deeper, like this is our history and yes, they are pushed online and everything, but for example, all the faces of of individuals on the Danish website that have heritage of African descent don't have names. And that's something that I'm speaking about property and places, but one of the things that I'm most excited about showcasing these images to the elders this weekend is that hopefully we can name some of the individuals in these photographs and actually give, like, to me, that's part of the reparations in history that I want back, is not just have nameless photographs of individuals that people in this community walking around related to. I, I, I want us to be able to connect directly with our deep history that supposedly didn't exist. And me and Juliana and the help of Chan, the Caribbean Museum, are bringing it back home. And so let's take it to the next step and make it see if there's family in those photographs. I, I like to look at it as uh, decolonizing the archives. I think a lot of um, uh, institutions and people you know, with degrees are gatekeepers for this information. And I like to look at David and I as a little rebellious and, you know, we might not have PhDs and, you know, letters after our names, but, you know, we're Virgin Islanders seeking this knowledge and we're going to knock down the doors again, you know, like whether or not you want us there, we're going to be there. And I think that that's um, kind of the pillar of what we're doing is that they've had access to this information. They've had access to our history and we as, you know, young Virgin Islanders, we're demanding that we have the same access. So I think that um, that's been a pivotal part of this project is not just accessing it, but bringing it back home. So that's that's to me that's the most important part. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. because, because it shows that our commitment um, to to making this information and this history available to us is critical. I got a, a text message from one of my listeners. Um, they want to know when I bringing it to St. Thomas. Oh, we're bringing it to St. Thomas and St. John. Okay. <laughs> so next okay. year. Okay, so hold on. So, uh, we're, we're going to have a break now. When we come back, you could come back. You could come with the details of uh, of of when when are you bringing this brilliance over to the northern part of the pond. Um, we got Juliana Berry and Mr. David Borg joining us, pre- preserving oral histories, elders workshop this Saturday. Chant, 11 a.m., Okay, and Chant hosting it, and of course, this is in conjunction with CMC Arts, Caribbean Museum Center Arts, down in the west, down on Strand Street, the blue building down there. Take a break, be back right after this. Mario fue pintor más de 30 años. Cuando me dijo que se le estaban olvidando las cosas, fue difícil. Un día me dijo, me dijeron que pintara el marco del lado por dentro y pinté el lado de afuera. Yo le di a la gente que le diga a su familia lo que está pasando con él. Si algo se nota diferente, podría ser Alzheimer. Es momento de hablarlo. Visita alz.org diagonal nuestras historias para saber más. Un mensaje de The Alzheimer's Association y The Ad Council. 
he said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 1A is your place for daily conversation with thoughtful guests and listeners from around the country. Fridays are home to our news roundups, where we answer your questions about the biggest stories of the week. I'm Jen White. This year, we continue to celebrate your freedom to listen, weigh in, and share what you're curious about. And with your help, we'll get to the heart of the story together. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! Democracy Now! features ideas and voices from some of the best minds of this generation and previous ones, including activists, muckrakers, visionaries, artists, risk takers, academics, and just folks, as in the most just folks who share a commitment to truth, democracy, justice, diversity, equality, and peace. Catch Democracy Now! at his new time, weekdays at 10 a.m. here on WTJX FM 93.1. And we're back here uh, on Analyze This. Um, we've got um, Sadavi Bog. And um, Ms. Juliana Berry joining us this morning. Um, Preserving Oral History's Elders Workshop. This Saturday, 11 a.m. Uh, chant is where it's at. You know what I'm saying? So, um, tell us about taking this thing over to the northern part of the Virgins, Ms. Berry. Well, I'm going to just... I, so, I've written a grant that's called Before the Fire Burn, and that's the project that we're doing. And it was a grant that was funded by the Virgin Islands Council for the Arts, so mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for them. And everything I'm about to explain is possible because of funding from them. And so basically, me and Juliana went to New York and visited the Schumburg Center and realized that there's numerous photographs of the Virgin Islands that maybe, um, as Juliana was saying, historians and others might have seen, but basic or normal people in the St. Croix have not been able to view or in St. Thomas. Now, hold on, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Tell my audience about the Schomburg Center. Well, the Schomburg Center was fund is a organization or a library that's directly focused on preserving African American history, African history as it pertains in the United States. And it was funded by an individual that's actually um, I forgot exactly who he wanted, but he's from Puerto Rico, born in St. Thomas, lives in Puerto Rico, and then to New York. I'm not too sure, but it's an amazing place for individuals like me and Juliana, the research that we were doing. And she. But before I lose my chance of thought, I just wanted to get to the really exciting part. Mm-hmm. We are, the, the grant that I, part of the grant I'm doing is that we're actually going to be paying for the images to be scanned by the Schumburg Center. And we're going to be bringing them back to the Virgin Islands to showcase them in high quality and in, and in 3D in, in the terms of how they were viewed. I could explain, that would be a little bit hard to explain on the radio, but. We're going to be able to view them in the way that individuals viewed them in the early eight or the middle 1800s. 
Mm-hmm. And so... No, yeah, I, I had read that when, when we were working with the technical difficulties. I had actually read that yeah. to the audience to let them know yeah. that, that you're going to be providing that uh, to yeah. the public. And yeah. so in July, and also I'm going to be taking a trip probably in the next couple of months to California because of the research that we did at the Schumberg Center, we actually found that there's actually probably tons more photographs of the Virgin Islands that are actually across the United States. But then... For even more research, I found that the majority of them were donated to a live a museum in California. I've never thought my archival journey would take me to California, but there is probably a lot of new images of the Virgin Islands sitting in boxes in California. So I'm going to be going taking a trip over there and doing the same thing in terms of getting them to be scanned and bring them home to be showcased in July. And well, we had a we had a Virgin Islander. Who was actually the, the person who may have founded Marandé San Francisco, you know? Mm, William yeah. William Leidestorf, who was, yeah. um, I think was born in St. Thomas. And uh, he was actually, I think he was deemed the first black millionaire. And um, he uh, worked his way um, out to the West Coast and uh, was one of the founders of San Francisco. He was actually um, recognized by the people of Mexico. Of course, you know, Mexico and California, um, they have a history that nobody could get between, um, given you know how most of the um, major towns are Latin named over there on the West Coast. Um, so I don't know if you know that might be. Where are you going to? Southern California or Northern California? I'm going to Riverside. Riverside, so, okay, that's in Southern California. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's east of LA. Yeah, yeah, okay. And and then just because of the how exciting or how my life is, I have a cousin that lives in Riverside near the museum, so. So there's a, muse- there's a museum. Um, what's the name of the museum in, in the Riverside area? California Museum of Photography. Okay, Carlyburn Curfew. Okay, good. That's good. Wow. So you're heading out to California to possibly access photos of the Virgin Islands? Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's interesting. Very exciting. Yeah. I just, and since we were talking about the Schoenberg Center, just something that was very exciting for me and Juliana when we got there, downstairs of the Schoenberg Center, they actually have like a gallery or a place that they do like art shows or what they're focusing on for that time. And while we were there, it was the Austin Hansen photograph, so an individual from St. Thomas. And so we already walked in there with a connection to the Schoenberg Center in terms that our, our fellow Virgin Islanders were on the wall. And then... We actually, his archives from the Virgin Islands are actually in New York, and we got to see his images, and he would travel back and forth from New York to St. Thomas, St. Croix, and do photos, and one interesting thing that we got to see that is that he had a photograph, maybe, probably from maybe the 60s, 70s, about the, uh, it was a young leaders club, and there's actually a couple of our former, or what would become our governors in these photographs. Um, the Virgin Islands Social Cultural Club. So there's a lot of our history at the Schumberg Center, a lot of connections between the Virgin Islands and the Schumberg Center. So I, I recommend anyone that's given the opportunity while they're in New York to take a stop and see that because it, it, it adds more of a context to our history that we sometimes don't even realize that we have St. Tom, we have Virgin Islanders being studied. But also just to mention that because I you did all this start with this question originally when we're bringing this to St. Thomas. So this same showcase that we're going to be doing in July in St. Croix, 
we're going to be doing in August in St. Thomas at the 81T Gallery. And then in St. John, well, we'll, I don't have the exact details yet, but yes, we are bringing it to St. Thomas and St. John, and we are also going to be hosting the workshops and everything, the same stuff that I described that we're going to be doing over there also. Mr. Leidestorff was actually born on St. Croix in uh, 1810. Um, Let me pull this up right here. Highly successful, enterprising businessman. He was a West Indian immigrant of African-Cuban, possibly Carib, Danish, Swedish, and Jewish ancestry. Became a United States citizen in, in New Orleans in 1834. That means he was 24 years old. Migrated to Alta, California in 1841. Then under Mexican rule, settling in Yerba Buena, which is now San Francisco, a village of about 30 Mexican and European families. Became a Mexican citizen in 1844 and received a land grant from the Mexican government. And then he served as U.S. Vice Counsel to Mexico as the Port of San Francisco beginning in 1845. Leidestorff was president of the San Francisco School Board and also elected as city treasurer. Uh, Shortly before his death, vast amounts of gold were officially reported on his Rancho Rio de los Americanos. By the time his estate was auctioned off in 1856, it was worth more than 1,445,000, not including vast quantities of gold mined upon his land. So, you know, we got history all over the place, man. This, this, yep. small, Virgin, this small Virgin Islands, we got linkage all over. Alexander Hamilton, um, Leidesdorf, Camille Pizarro. I mentioned, I mentioned him frequently on this show. He's an artist out of St. Thomas, uh, impressionist. Um, it goes on and on, man. We rich. We are rich. We we are. So now, for we, I, I want to showcase our richness that might have been lost. That's so me, Chant, Juliana, Caribbean Museum, and with the help of our elders. So that bringing it back to, I think that I I, I feel grateful for the opportunity that we're going to be able to do this weekend by showcasing images and hearing what our elders have to say about them. That's why I talking about Miss Barry, you want to say something? Well, I just want to mention that, you know, like we've had, I've, I've listed all of the, you know, foundations and grants that we've received that afforded us the opportunity to, you know, do these things. You know, VICA, you know, allowing the V to travel and us to bring back the digital archives. Um, but that's what we are dependent upon, you know. Chant is a nonprofit organization. And we're dependent on those types of, you know, donations and grants in order to get this work done. And so today is Giving Tuesday, and you can support, you know, this work and, and artists and um, by donating, you know, it, it helps. I just want to put out there. So make sure to check out the chat Facebook page, the Caribbean Museum Facebook page. And if you can, everything that we just explained is supported by, um, by donation. So, yes, it's Giving Tuesday. Please help out. One of my listeners, you know, I, I, my audience, you know, they just just hooked me up with information. They said the entire Fritz Henley collection of photos, which has tremendous VI collection, is at the University of Texas in Austin. Now, you know, Fritz Henley is arguably one of the greatest photographers in the history of the Virgin Islands, right? You heard of Fritz Henley, David? Yes, very much so. I know Fritz Henley. Okay, I, I worked with Tina Henley, his daughter, a couple years ago in photography. That's right. So I'm a big fan. Uh, you know, his his photo them, 
<laughs> we we could we could put them up against anybody, anytime, anywhere, any place. Yeah, that's that's the best. My father actually used one of the Fritz Henley photo them and the album cover for James and the Happy Seven. I believe it. I believe he did it twice actually. Cause you know Fritz had this way of getting tremendous, like a real color when you watch, when you watching the photo. It's like like you could put your hand in the photo and, <laughs> and yeah. take and take you back 15, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? So. So uh, that, that's awesome. There's a another photographer that I like. Well, hopefully, with these programs that we're showcasing, uh, he he was before Fred Stanley, and he was here. And he basically stayed on island. His family and his descendants are still about um, overseen. His photographs are amazing. And what, what's the What's the name? Over. I'm pronouncing his first name wrong, dude. Yeah, but his last name is Overseen and. Basically, he has a documentation of like decades in the Virgin Islands, and they are in the Wim Museum. And I'm not too sure how that's being showcased now, but it will be something. Just you brought up a, another famous name. I just always I feel like he should be added with the Fritz Henleys. So what else are and, Austin, what and Austin Hanson. I think those are names that we should say more too. What else are well, you know, we definitely yeah. want to thank you for making some time available. What's the name? Axel Overson. Axel Overson. Okay, I, I definitely you know I, I'm a history buff, so you know I gonna look this up without a doubt. Yeah. I want to thank both of you for making some time this morning, and I wish you well on Saturday. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Please thank come you. if you want. You can come see the images. Saturday morning, yeah, eleven o'clock. Dong yep. in, dong in the, the, the chant to say, dong in the west. Yes. Yep. Yep. Two one seven Custom House. Say that again. Two one seven Custom House Street. Oh, Custom House Street. Okay, okay. Morning, Frandell. I know Frandell been texting me. Good morning, Frandell. Just want to get Frandell a shout out. Um, yeah. And I uh, don't forget uh, to let me know when you're looking to make that move over to Saint Thomas and Saint John. Uh, well, uh, you know. yeah, well um, when we when we get closer to the showcase, we'll yeah, be on just, the radio. Just, just reach out and um, we let them know because. Um, the people yeah. are interested, people in St. Thomas and John are interested in the great work you're doing. Um, one of my text messages uh, was a um, great topic um, as usual. So, you know, quality guests like yourself is what allows for us to hold on to our audience. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much to both of you. Oh, thank, thank you, Bart. You. Thank you for your time. Have you a wonderful day. You too now. Bye-bye. That's um, Juliana Berry and Mr. David Borg. Uh, preserving Oral History is the LL Workshop. Saturday morning, 11 o'clock. Okay. And chant um, is a place um, uh, down there uh, in the West. And they will have audio and visual recording available along with photo documentation of personal items. Okay? So that's a great show today. I uh, definitely want to um, encourage people to uh, Saturday night, if you're on the St. Thomas, St. John side, uh, head over to um, Antilles School. Okay? Give some more details with that. Right, Alex Saptrio, Trio, I mean, uh, Alexandra. Right, when you hear Alex, people t- t- sometimes assuming uh, that's a male, but in this case, it's a female. Alexandra Saptrio featuring Carlton Holmes uh, on the piano and Victor Provost uh, on the steel pan live at the Prior Holic Hall uh, this Saturday. And they got a number of events um, beginning at 5 with a kids' concert, 6 p.m. The courtyard will open up, um, small meals and desserts. Um, live music provided by music students of the Antilles School Music Department. 
under the direction of band director Mr. Brandon Reborn. And then from 7 to 8, the UVI Steel Pan Ensemble under the direction of Mr. Leroy Simmons. And then, of course, the Alex Sapp Trio at 8 o'clock. Tickets, 30 for adults, 10 for teachers, 5 for students. Children under 10 are free, but you need a ticket to secure uh, a seat. And then, of course, earlier that day, down in the West, um, the workshop. Right um, for uh, Mr. David Borg and uh, Juliana Berry uh, working with Chant in, in conjunction with Chant, right to preserve uh, oral history. Telephone blowing up with the text messages. Um, <clears throat> okay, um, the Overson Studio was on King Street in Fredericton. The Axel Overson uh, Studio that uh, David Borg mentioned. So that's uh, good. And then um, Uncle Eddie, yeah, Uncle Eddie Bruce said that um, he's looking into um, if Mr. Benjamin Banneker was born on Jos van Dyke. Interesting. interesting. That's, that's interesting. I got, to, I got to look into that because, um, you know, once again, uh, if in fact, uh, that is accurate. Then again, this part of the this part of the wall, um, we um, you know, it is we don't know. I think they got they got him listed as born in Baltimore. Though, um, you know, he was an African American naturalist, mathematician, astronomer, and almanac author, and all that stuff. They got him born. They got him listed as Baltimore County um, in Maryland, Uncle Eddie. But so we gonna look into that. Okay, you know, this, this was way back. In the 1700s. Be good, be safe. Talk to you tomorrow. Great show. Bye bye. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Listening to the wings of a monarch butterfly, what a magical thought. They arrive here on the Day of the Dead, which we celebrate here in Mexico, and a lot of the indigenous people believe that it's the souls of their ancestors that are returning, you know? And it's very spiritual. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Great question. That is a great question. And that's a great question. Wow, that's another great question. That's, uh, that's a great question. Oh, that's a great <laughs> That's a great question. That is a great question. What a great question. On Fresh Air, you'll hear unexpected questions and unexpected answers. Weekdays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJ FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.